0: Welcome to the Life Cycle Lady Podcast, the place to be to discover a deeper connection to your whole self. I offer holistic out-of-the-box ideas and practices to empower women and their families. My name is Julie Hughes and I'm your host. I draw on my experience as a midwife, a mama of four, and a holistic hormonal health coach to offer wisdom, knowledge, and guidance on your path to mind, body, spirit, health. Welcome back everyone! And welcome to any new listeners this week. So in this episode, I am going all in really on a topic that has been sitting on my heart and sitting in my podcast to do's for a while. So this podcast is going to be kind of an exploratory podcast of our human bodies. And because I mostly work with women, I'm going to be focusing mostly on the female bodies. So my intention for this episode is really to help name why so many of us don't actually have a connection to our bodies, and to ask a bunch of like why and what-if questions to help us find more curiosity around our bodies, right? So if you're out there thinking, well, I have a connection to my body. I exercise it, I eat well, and all of these sorts of things, that is... Maybe I should clarify what I'm talking about, real deep connection to our bodies. It's more of like this curiosity of an innate understanding of how our bodies, again, specifically female bodies' rhythms work, what our specifically female body parts are for, what they're even called, um, and just kind of the inner workings and the connection actually to our bodies. And this even includes like the smell of our bodies and what comes out of our bodies and, and all of the encompassing parts of what it be, means to be a female human and to be connected to that, right? So for those of us that are maybe, I don't know, maybe in our 30s and beyond, we were really raised with a big gap in our knowledge around our bodies. And I'd maybe even argue that, you know, some of the even generations now, the girls now growing up have that gap. But I'd say it's a lot less of a gap than than when we were kids, right? So 30s and up, really, there's this huge gap in our knowledge around our bodies, especially the part of the body that is unique to being a female, right? So maybe in... Maybe back way back when in sixth grade or whenever you got the health class, there was like a little bit of knowledge given to you about what it means to menstruate, what it means like the name of the vulva and the clitoris and all of these sorts of things, but there was really no like education around what those parts actually did and how they were there for the health and part of that is simply because and i'll probably get into this more like science didn't study women right there's no there's no like scientific studying of women for until very very recently and even now it's not it's not the main body of science right so i'm actually staring at an article in scientific america and this is from Sometime in 2020, I believe. No, 2019. May of 2019. And the top of it says, Inconceivable. The science of women's reproductive health has huge gaps and what we don't know is hurting all of us, right? And so this is a relatively recent article and it's not even just science that I'm going to be talking about today. It's kind of even culture, right? So be, let, let me start somewhere so I don't ramble on and you actually enjoy listening to this. Um, so part of my own inner journey in the college years was actually a discovering things about my body that I never knew before. And this has really continued and become my lifelong really work, right? It began in college And my mind was really open to how unique we are and how many ways the rhythm of our culture, or you could call it patriarchy, the systems of our culture, really go against the women's unique rhythms, right? Like, this is such a big topic of circadian rhythms versus infrared rhythms, like, And I'm not actually going to be going into that. I'm going to be having a podcast just dedicated to the specific rhythms um, actually coming out next week. So stay tuned or come back for that one. Um, But for this conversation, I really want us to just really tap into some questions. Let's start with some questions, right? I want to ask some questions of why we are in this place and why it's important for us to evolve and get out of this place, right? So these are questions for you, listener. I want to know, what do you really know about your own body? Specifically, the female parts of your body. Do you know basics, like the name of your actual anatomy? Like, do you call your vagina a vagina? Because that's Technically not what it's called. It's called a vulva, right? The vagina are kind of the inner workings, right? Have you ever looked at your anatomy, right? Have you even ever looked and seen where your clitoris was before, right? Do you know much about your menstrual cycle? I'm sure you have an opinion of it, but do you actually know much about it, that it is actually a cycle, Probably chances are if you've been listening to me for a while and you've heard me drone on about it, you do know that. Do you know much about the parts of your body that are uniquely female? Like how they function? And for those of you that answered no or not much, or even I'm going to ask you more, more questions. Do you know... Why we grow armpit hair? Like, what is the purpose of our smell? Our unique smell. Is that, that has a purpose. Do you know what that purpose is? Do you know the purpose of all of the things that we then do to our body to take away from? Specifically, like, around the ideas of hair and smell. Do you know why we actually were put on earth that way? Like, if it has a purpose or not. Right? So... For those of you that answered that you didn't know much about this, or this is all like, huh, interesting, I want to know more about that, I want to ask one, another question. How could knowing this information possibly, possibly, change the very basic foundation of your relationship with your body, which is a space that we all know that so many women struggle in? Right, our relationships with our body is a place that we often struggle with, meaning that many women don't have the best relationship with their body. So, how could this knowledge help your overall well-being of your whole mind, body, spirit, just wholeness? Probably acceptance. Right. If this is you, if you don't know any of these things, don't feel bad because this is most of us. Right. I had a conversation with a very knowledgeable friend recently who knows a lot about the body, um, and she was talking about her and her group of women friends and how they were like on this mission to discover more about their vaginas and the glands and all of the different things that it can actually do and all of the different types of orgasms that we can actually have, right? And all of, all of like the inner workings of this whole area. Right. And she is someone that I would say is almost an expert on like the actual body. But maybe not that specific part of the body, the female part of the body. Right? So so it's not no shame in not knowing any of this information. It's not taught to us, right? And maybe here make over some of the reasons why we maybe we don't know. Right? Because there's a pretty huge cultural narrative, and it's been this way for a long, long time, of kind of embarrassment, shame, awkwardness, secrecy around the, our femaleness. Not just our, you know, sexuality, but also, I guess, menstrual health ties into sexuality in a way if you look at it from a very biological perspective, but our sensuality maybe is a better word, right? It's been really a narrative of don't touch, don't ask, poor you for being a woman, right? If you really look into it, and I have, if you really look into the narrative and advertising around like the menstru- around menstrual health, and if you want to know more, I actually have a free class on my website, thelifecyclelady.com. There, if you go in the free section, there is a free class all about um, the menstrual cycle, but a good portion of it is actually me talking about the history and how we have been unconsciously programmed to think of this cycle as a pretty horrible experience and how that unconsciousness can actually manifest in physical symptoms and reality. It is a true thing. It is. So you can go check that out, right? TheLifeCycleLady.com So because we have this cultural narrative of embarrassment, shame, secrecy, pain, it's a horrible thing. It's like we don't really want to be a woman. You're just psycho-hormonal people, Right? And we don't set up society, we set up society in a way that caters to a circadian or a solar rhythm, which is the day rather than or maybe in addition to maybe it's not either or maybe it's both in addition to a lunar cycle, which is where most women's hormones lie, right? We are our hormones rotate monthly based on the moon, right? But we set our society based on the solar cycle, where we go, go, go every single day, and that doesn't work for us in our hormones. And we're taught that that makes us weak, that makes us hormonal, that makes us this, that makes us that. And what many women find out is when they start living more in line with their actual nature intuitive rhythm, then all those symptoms and crud and hormonal rage and all those things, they weigh less and if not even go away. So, we are also part of this medical equation. Not until very, very recently were women even factored into medical studies. Like, very recently. We're talking, uh, like, in the 80s, right? As a part of, really, it came about because they want to market more to women. Right? That was not because we wanted women's health to get better. It was more a marketing tool for drugs and things like that. Right, Not a figuring out of how we can live better in our bodies but or how we can connect more to our bodies, but how can we now control more of our bodies and these horrible things that women have to go through. Right, We aren't really a part of that medical equation. And we aren't taught about our bodies. We're not. We're not taught about any of the workings of our bodies. We go to school for decades, and we're not taught about our bodies as part of it. We're not taught about a lot of things. But I want to know why aren't we taught about the bodies. Is it because the body is secretive and shameful and it should be hidden, right? I don't know. What is the motivation behind that? Not talking about our bodies. Learning about our bodies. As a culture, we disconnect from our bodies and we really live in our minds, right? How often do you actually realize you're in a body throughout your day? We control our bodies. For women, that's often we control our menstrual cycles, we control our emotions, we control um, so much of our body natural rhythms, not just women, but also men. We control our bodies, we control our time, we control our environment, we control our seasons, meaning like, in the winter, what do we do? We snap on our snow tires and we do everything and anything we can, right? That's not really the rhythm of the, nature of, of the winter season, right? We control, we control, we control, so much that we find ourselves further and further and further away from nature. Further away from our natural existence, as actual mammals, because that's what we are, and we just plug in when we disconnect. We just live our minds, we plan our minds, our minds are going to control everything, but we forget that we are also in human bodies. And then we have these narratives where we we ban things, right? We ban smells, except for good smells. We ban cycles because we live in a 24-hour cycle right we ban our cyclicalness from conversations even and from existence it's gross to talk about for a long time it was very inappropriate we have the narrative that it causes pain or maybe that's not a narrative maybe that's your reality and i'm i'm here to say that it doesn't have to be the reality It makes us less productive. It gets in the way of our empowerment to be in the workforce of a masculine world, to be equal, right? Maybe equality is not actually living in a world that is catered to one cycle, but living in a world where our own uniqueness as female beings come to play and balances, right? Not that one is better than the other, but that we just create more of a balance, right? So connecting to our mammalian humanity means that as thinking mammals, right, with a lot of knowledge and access to information, that we use our critical thinking skills and we evolve. Because in the answer to the question of how much more whole could you feel, if you actually have foundational knowledge of your body and lived more in line with your body, Well, I can't give you your answer, but I can give you many of the answer of people that I work with, and it feels a lot more whole. It feels a lot more spacious. It feels a lot more powerful. It feels a lot more you. It feels like you're not beating yourself up all the time or pushing yourself to overwhelm and hormonal upset and adrenal fatigue and all of these things, right? Right? So part of this is educating yourself, part of connecting more to your body is educating yourself. And part of it is actually questioning of why some of the cultural narratives and routines occur, including questioning like who does it serve, who's making money off of it, (laughs) how and why is it this way? And as you, as an individual, do you want to take it on and change it, right? So let's dig deeper into the education piece, right? Part of becoming curious and wanting to do this work around educating ourselves is actually that we have to see that it's really important for our lives, right? That it's actually something we want to dedicate our resources, meaning our time and energy to. And seeing what blocks come up, right? So a lot of people think that it's like you have to be a doctor, you have to be a rocket scientist to understand your own body. And I'm here to say that by no means is that the case. It's really not rocket science. There's really not that much to it when you really get down to it. But you have to have that willingness and curiosity to see that it will benefit you in such a deep way, such a foundational way. And that not only does it just knowing about your body, but it actually contributes to your overall health and wellness and overall well-being and wholeness. And so making that priority, right? Probably if you're listening to this podcast, you're somewhere on that spectrum already. Otherwise, you wouldn't still be listening to me, blah, 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 right? It doesn't have to be laborious and you don't have to get a PhD. You just have to start and you have to search out. So things like listening to this podcast. I often talk about these things on this podcast, right? Finding out some really incredible people doing some cutting-edge work. But uh, one of my favorite authors, her name is Elisa Beattie. And she has a book that I'm currently looking for because the name is totally failing me at the moment. She has a bunch of books. One is called Women Code, and it is an incredible basic knowledge of your body. And then she has a newer book that she recently came out with that I'm, the name is going, but anyways, her name is Elisa Beatty. She talks all about menstrual cycles in particular and is great for anybody who's just wanting to learn about them, but also is great for people who are suffering, she herself suffers from PCOS, um, and has for years and years, seven years, looked for doctors to help her rather than just put her on the pill because she knew that wasn't going to fix anything, that was just going to put a band-aid on something, and so over the past several decades, she's created and done so much work in this field to help women. She also just helps women with irregular menstrual cycles or maybe endometriosis. She's a great resource. She's got books. They're not that expensive. They're very accessible. You don't need a biology degree to understand them. They're very, very accessible, right? Um, Another person I love on menstrual cycles and just overall women's health is Lisa Lister. She's kind of more on the, maybe, I don't know if you want to call it witchy. Yeah, I guess witchy. She has a book called Witch, actually. Uh, Just more diving deep into that cycle of nature. There is a ton of podcasts. If you want to learn more about women's sexuality and sensuality, I've had uh, Tilly Storm of the Multi-Orgasmic Mama on this podcast before. If you're looking at more birth stuff, I just last week had Man Green of Indie Birth. There's lots of women that are just saying, screw this, we want to know more about our own bodies and we are going to do the work. And so there's women that are out there, myself included, that have done the work, that are breaking it down for you in really bite-sized information and giving you really tangible things and ways that seem really small, at least what I do. My whole concept is, Small things create ripples of change because I know my own life, and I see all around me when we try to create these huge things and shifts, they just don't last. This is not about being in the fad, this is not about anything, this is really just about evolution, right? So find somebody that you resonate with and start learning more. There's tons of free stuff even on YouTube, right? So that's one part. The other part is actually questioning your cultural narratives and routines. Because you you need to know, we need to know culturally why we're here, and what actually works for us or serves our greater good, and what doesn't. Right, so let's start with some routines. Let me lay out some of the current or past cultural routines that we've had in practice. Right? So... Let's talk. there's this idea, this cultural narrative that um, we're dirty, smelly, we're dirty and smelly and that civilized people should smell good, right? That's definitely a cultural narrative, whether it's laid out or not, right? Only uncivilized people are kind of stinky, right? So one of the ways that shows up in women's health is douching, right? That became really popular in the 1940s and 50s. In fact, Lysol <laughs> created a douche and it was basically like putting that inside of your body and women were like burning and experiencing such horribleness. You, if, you, if you Google it, you'll see images of it, right? It, was, it did not work out well, but women used it because we thought we were dirty and gross and that a good woman needed to smell good for her man, right? Right? And so there's been all sorts of different things about spraying stuff up inside of our in, of our vaginas and smelling better because we're dirty and stinky, right? So in reality, we have this thing called a microbiome. Microbiomes are little bugs and bacteria that live all throughout our body and congregate in specific areas. They keep us healthy. They keep us uh, they're kind of like an immune system. In some ways, they can act that way, right? They also just show us if we're out of balance or not. The inside of a vagina has an incredible microbiome. Part of that is because it's an incredible area that you can grow a baby in, right? And a baby comes out of, right? Actually, the menstrual blood that comes out is thick with different antibodies and antibacterial, right? nature to keep everything clean it's actually designed that way otherwise we would all be getting infections and be gross when we get infections and when situations get gross is well one when we eat foods and live a lifestyle high in stress that throws our microbiomes off and two when we start douching and spraying stuff up inside of our bodies that totally torches our microbiomes Right, So I would say that douching has kind of gone out of style, but definitely even when I was a kid, I remember my mom having Summer's Eve underneath, and I remember wondering, what the heck? Why she needed to clean that, right? Another thing that goes along with the smell is, is deodorant, right? Antiperspirant became really popular, probably around the same age. I actually am not totally sure on antiperspirants history, but I I would imagine it would be around the same age. Maybe a little later, actually. And this is uh, something we put under our arms to prevent us from sweating. Okay, so basic human anatomy that we all did learn in school is our body needs to sweat to cool us down. So antiperspirant prevents you from sweating under the main area under your arms, which is where you release sweat and cool your body down. Antiperspirant is very bad. Again, I would say that that's more on the outs than ins, more unpopular than popular, but we still use deodorant, right? So let me tell you something about the smell that comes out of your body. Smells in general can show us They are huge, huge ways of knowing if something is off in our microbiome or our health. Right? If you have stinky breath all of the time, something is off in your body. If you have really, really bad smelling underarms, there's something off in your body. It is a key way of your body showing you that something is wrong. Then there's just our natural smell, right? We all have a natural smell. In fact, there's been lots of studies that, that have been done based on pheromones, right? Really, really release pheromones. It's one of the parts of our smell. And there's been studies that have done of people who smell opposite, the opposite sex uh, shirts And it can show compatibility based on DNA, like who would make the best baby, right? So the women smell the shirts and then they choose which shirt they like the BO smell the best. And then they do like a DA compatibility of what what a baby, right, if they match and can make a really healthy baby, right? So is there something to our smells and our compatibility? And I have to tell you that I am one of those very weird people. I have not worn deodorant in two years. No one ever complains to me. Most people don't even smell me. I have a smell. It is not of lilacs or whatever the deodorant smell is. But I do not smell bad. I really don't smell bad. Um, And when I do smell bad, I can tell that I'm about to get sick or that I am sick. It's all of a sudden my smell very much changes. And so it's. I also want to share that my husband and I, when we first met, we were living on a farm in another country. And I'm sure I used deodorant at that point in my life, but I don't, I know my husband didn't. Basically, the story is that we really enjoyed each other's natural smell, right? And here we are 18, 19 years later, still very much in love and very much together. Very much compatible with four children, right? There's something to our smells and you can be like, oh my God, lady, I am not getting rid of my deodorant. That's fine. I'm just saying to consider that there's a reason why we have smells and that connects us to our humanity and that connects us to our humanness. And maybe, just maybe, we would have less we would create and get partners better if we actually could smell them more, right? We could maybe tap into our own innate, oh, wow, something I must be starting to get sick, and so I could take these natural things to boost my natural immune system because I can smell my body is not smelling normal, right? Another example of this, probably my daughter also does not wear deodorant. My daughter has been struggling with a imbalance in her gut for probably a year and this is the second summer so two years now we've been doing lots of things and it's gotten way better right there was a a, something that came into her body and it just created havoc and so she doesn't wear deodorant and I would say she actually does smell part of that is because she's almost a teenager and that's just part of it you release when your liver gets overloaded you release the extra the excessive hormones actually you release them through the skin through sweating. That's your body's natural, also natural way we use we sweat to cool ourselves down. We also sweat to keep ourselves hormonally balanced, right? To get rid of the excess, because hormones can become really really toxic in too high of levels inside of our bodies. So she's kind of smelly, um, because of that imbalance in her body, right? And I can tell when it gets better and I can tell when she's indulged in maybe some sweets or treats, especially in the summertime, With right? I can smell, I can smell her. Does that make sense? I'm hoping that makes sense. So I feel like smell is a big component of health and it is something that we cover up. So just think about that. Just think about it, you know? You don't have to go after deodorant tomorrow, but just think about the truth of that, because it is true. Right? Another way of I think about I think about like bathing our babies, right? As a midwife. I always found it fascinating that people felt like they needed to take the baby away within the hour or two or even the first day and bathe them as if they were dirty, right? Because, in fact, what we now know is coming through the vaginal canal, where, again, all that microbiome, we are actually seeding their initial immune systems, right? There's actually um, research out there and studies going on for babies that are born via C-section and how their immune systems and they develop all these childhood illnesses at much higher rates than those who came out of the vaginal canal and it's because of this uh, seeding of the natural immune system from the microbiome so they're having so they're actually there's some studies of reseeding their biome by actually taking swabs of the mom's vagina and actually swabbing it and then putting it into and on the baby afterwards for the babies that are born via c-section it's fascinating there's fascinating fascinating stuff that's going on from these routines that we do and we have picked up along the way that we just don't question right for a long time it was like oh we're just going to we're going to give everyone an episiotomy because you know you don't really want to tear all over the place we'll just cut a nice little line for you and then women started thinking well are we even going to tear is that like a thing right it took decades and it turns out it was just for doctors because it's easier to, to sew a straight line than it is kind of some things that can happen. But the vast majority of women aren't going to tear. And we were causing all this damage to women. And so the women demanded and we changed it. But we have to question the narrative first. We have to start to question some of the things that we do, right? In lots of countries, they don't shave their legs. They don't shave their armpits. There are reasons for why we were put on the earth with armpit hair and leg hair, and you might think it's gross for people who don't shave. I would tell you the current trend is, among 20-somethings, uh, the trend is to not shave armpits. In fact, it's kind of, it's, they're dyeing their armpit hair, which seems a little weird to me, but. All right, um, like dyeing it colors, like pink and things like that. It's a thing. But it's definitely more of a trend towards not shaving. Um, Just questioning all these things that we do to our body in the name of beauty and what that beauty, where that comes from, is that really innately in you? And maybe it is. Or is that a cultural narrative? And does it actually take away power from you? Meaning you spend so much time, effort, and attention hating the way it actually is and trying to control it and get it to be the way you want it to be that fits into the narrative that takes power away from you. Right? I'm not judging you any more than I would want you to judge me for my choices. I'm just giving you some what-ifs and why's. So, a few more cultural narratives. We get this idea that women are psycho-hormonal beings. I don't know how many times I've heard that from women, as well as other people. We get this narrative that periods are a curse, the bane of our existence, that we should do whatever we can to make them go away. And if they create a pill, then that is women's liberation. right? We don't have to cycle and we can go to work on our 24 hours Uh, You know the day, and we can do the lunar cycle, and we can get rid of our innate. We can do the solar cycle and get rid of our innate lunar cycle, because we want to be equal, and we want to do the job just as well as men, and that's our liberation. Or we don't want to have babies, right? We want to be more control of our fertility. There's lots of ways of being in control of your fertility. Or You have a really cruddy cycle that causes you lots of pain, lots of discomfort, lots of emotional discomfort, and you go to a doctor who says, here, take this pill, it'll regulate things. They probably don't tell you all the things that you're actually not bleeding, you're not having a menstrual cycle, you're having a withdrawal bleed, it's not a menstrual cycle, you're no longer cycling, right? So just kind of questioning these narratives, not even having to make decisions and choices, but just really Questioning them. And the biggest one is this idea that we are, we smell, (laughs) that we are dirty and we smell, and that that is not the sign of a civilized human. Controlling our natural smells that are gross, that is the sign of a civilized human. Right? Another narrative is our doing is more important than our being. And this is how I see many women come to me who are incredibly hormonally out of balance, experiencing incredible symptoms, probably most of many of them have already gone through the quote-unquote natural, or not natural, the doctor route and have found nothing and so come to me for other ideas, right? So sometimes I think our cultural humanity, our cultural humanity is a way to disconnect us from our true humanity. We mask our smells, our feelings, our needs, we push them away, we label them as bad or gross. And so I'm hoping that this podcast answered and asked many a questions to help you engage in some critical evolutionary thinking about Are the routines and the ways of being and the cultural narratives that inform them, are they really serving us? And do we want to keep on going down this route? So thank you very much for listening to me. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. If you did, make sure you click subscribe so you can check out uh, more of what I'm up to. And if you f- want to find out more about me and what I'm up to, head on over to the life cycle Thanks everyone. See you next week. Bye.